everybody. Welcome back to another bonus episode of Group Answers. My name is Chris Rett, and I'll be your host. In these episodes, we are looking at some tips on how you can better gather and launch your small group. And all this is based on my recent book called Leading Small Groups, How to Gather, Launch, Lead, and Multiply Your Small Group. And that's published by B&H Publishing, and you can purchase it anywhere that you normally buy books. And last week, we looked at why should we have a small group? Why should we have biblical community? What are we looking for? And we said, ultimately, we want to create disciples through our small group. So today, I want to take a deep dive into where is the group going to be located? So as you're thinking about launching a new small group or launching a group, maybe you've had one in the past and you want to start a new type of group, you have to think through where will the group be located? There's a lot of options that you can choose from, and each one has pros and cons that you have to keep in mind. And it might seem like a lot of details have to go into a small group, and they do, but they matter. It's like a trellis in a garden that keeps kind of, you know, the plants going the right direction. If you've got tomatoes, you want them growing a certain way. And so you put a trellis in and they wrap around that and they go the way they're supposed to. Well, that's what details are like when it comes to our small groups. And so we want to pay attention to them if we're going to have a lasting effective disciple-making small group. So where do you locate it? Well, an obvious choice would be your home. There's a lot of great things about launching a small group in a home. You can build community faster in in your home than you can some other places. If somebody, you know, if, if group members come over, they're going to feel a little bit more comfortable in a home setting. You know, there's a couch, there's chairs, there's mementos, there's pictures of the host family on the walls. You know, it's just a little bit more relaxing, comfortable than some other places. So Community is going to happen faster. It's also, you know, easier to invite somebody to a home than it is sometimes to a, uh, you know, like a restaurant or even a place at the church. But there's also some things that you have to think about when it comes to your home if it's going to be an effective place. Uh, one is how many people can you fit into your home? You know, if if your home can only comfortably fit in the living room, you know, maybe eight to, to 10 people, then it may not be the best location. But if you can comfortably fit, you know, up to 12, maybe 16 people in the living room when you're having a discussion during the Bible study time, then a home uh, might be a great place. Also, where is your home located? Is it geographically centered where the the people live that you're going to be inviting to your small group. You're going to want to think through, who am I going to invite? And if my home is in the center, then that's an easy place. Or if I live, you know, quite a, quite a ways off, that's going to be harder to get people to come on a weekly basis if they're having to drive, you know, 20, 30 minutes to get to small group uh, every week. It's just going to be that much that much harder. And then are you going to be available as a host to host, you know, on a weekly basis for at least a few weeks in a row? If you're going to be kind of hit and miss on a new group, then it's going to be hard to get traction with that group. So if you miss, you know, a couple of weeks because you're going to be out of town or the home's not available, then that may not be the best location for you. But a home is a great place. That's where uh, I host our group. Uh, we host a, a weekly group, and it's in our home, and it works well for us. So you might consider that. Another location is a neighborhood clubhouse. You know, a lot of uh, neighborhoods or apartments especially have clubhouses that you can either rent out for a nominal cleaning fee, or sometimes it, it doesn't even cost anything. But that's also a, a great possibility for a small group. 
The pros of that is it's a neutral location, so it might be a little bit easier to invite somebody, especially if it's a neighbor, they know where the clubhouse is. A lot of times it's set up well where you can have food or you might have a kitchen off of it, so that's a pro for uh, hosting your small group. But there's also some cons to it. Um, You know, it's not as comfortable as a home. There's probably not uh, maybe, uh, you know, a couch or something like that, maybe more like folding chairs. Also, if you're going to offer childcare, it's a little tougher at a clubhouse or may not be another room that works well for childcare. So there's pros and cons to that. Also, another option is a room at the church building. And there's a lot of pros to this, especially when it comes to childcare. There might be a, you know, a readily available room that's used on the weekends for uh, childcare, for kids' services. So there's already things there. Um, it's somewhere that most of your group probably knows. They already go to. They attend your church. So they'll be comfortable going and uh, being at the church. Uh, also, you know, there's not a lot of uh, you know, things to worry about when it comes to the church building. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good, natural, neutral location. But also there's some cons to it. It's obviously not as comfortable maybe as a home. Uh, it's going to be a little tougher to do food a lot of times. There may not be a kitchen that's readily available. Also, it's a little bit more sterile than a clubhouse or a home. So there are some cons, and it may not be as available as some of the other locations. Also, break room at the office. If you're looking at starting maybe uh, more of a, a book study with uh, coworkers, that can be a great place. A lot of businesses allow that to happen during a break time. So you may look at that. You know, there's obvious cons to that. You can't invite everyone that you'd like to invite. It's limited to just coworkers. Also, you may not be able to do like a, a DVD driven type of study in an office setting. It may have to be more of a discussion-based or a book study, something like that. But it also opens up an opportunity to reach coworkers that you may not have through a typical small group in a home. Or there's also third spaces. You know, a lot of groups will pick like a coffee house or somewhere like that or the back room at a restaurant. And those are great because you can reach different people. You might be able to reach people that that, uh, wouldn't go to a home or to a church building. But also there's limitations, you know, definitely in the study. You can't offer child care, um, you know, things like that. So you have to think through that. It's going to be a little harder to do ongoing community in a third space. um, unless you do something outside of that space sometimes. So those are just a few options to think through, but you want to make sure that as you think about who you're going to invite, where is the best place for them to be, where's the most comfortable, where's the most available place, and make sure that it works for your type of group. Have you listened to the Making Disciples podcast with Robbie Gallaty and Chris Swain recently? As a part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network family, they've recently covered topics like when discipleship groups don't work, how to gain discipleship momentum for the fall, and why people aren't reading the Bible consistently. Just look up Making Disciples on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this bonus episode of Group Answers. Thanks again for joining me, and we'll see you next week.